Yeah. So, okay. So, um, good afternoon. Erev Purim, we're going to be dealing with the halachot of Purim. Next week. Um, there are a number of uh, halachot, and we will try and deal or touch on the major themes in every halacha, the main machloket rishonim, and halacha lemaise. So let's begin before Purim, and that is Tanit Esther, page 247. Now, what's interesting about Tanit Esther is the Gemara in Tanit, Chavtet Amud Aleph, describes all the place, all the different fast days. It's not mentioned. If you look at Tanakh, it's also not mentioned. Now, we do have a lot of fasting in the Megillat Esther, but where is it mentioned that it was instituted <clears throat> that there should be a fast day on New Gimel. Now, the Shibole Aleket brings down that where is the source? So, so it's not mentioned anywhere in the Gemara, in the Mishnah. The first time we hear of a Minag to fast, Tanit Esther, is Rabbi Chai Gaon of the 8th century. Even though it's codified in the Shulchan Aruch and universally accepted, however, that's the first time we mention it. So where does this Minag come from? The Shibole Aleket quotes in the name of Rashi that it comes from the fast of Esther and the Jewish people when she fasted for three days before going to meet Haman. What's interesting is that why was that opinion not so well accepted? When did that fast take place? That fast took place in Nisan, 11 months beforehand, before the story of Purim. <clears throat> the Midrash describes that when Mordechai said, get all the Jews to fast, Mordechai answered, I can't, it's Leil HaSeder. It was Leil HaSeder, the fast in, that, that we mentioned in the Megillah. Also, people don't realize that Haman was actually killed 11 months before the story of Purim takes place, I, before the whole salvation of the 14th and the 15th. Haman is, is far gone. He's already in the... You know, in history, uh, all charts. So that's a difficulty to explain that Tanit Esther is based on the Tanit of Esther and the Jewish people in Shushan, which took place 11 months before in Nisan. Another possibility, and, and by the way, R Rashi kind of understands that it's a Minak Ba'alma, it's a very light custom, and therefore the obligation to fast, as opposed to other fast days, doesn't have the same stringencies. On the other hand, we find the Raivad. The Raivad seems to imply, based on the end of the Megillah, there's a Pasuk where Mordechai and Esther, they instituted the days for celebration, and over there it does mention the word fasting. So he thinks that it was part of the original Xaira of the Antre Knesset Agdola to fast as well, in which case this has got quite a serious level of fasting. The third opinion is brought down in the Rosh. The Rosh is the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, Pirish Rabbeinu Tam, Zman ki lala kohi, this is quoting the, the, the Gemara who's quoting this pasuk, shakol mitasvin letanit Esther, because this is a time where everyone gathers for the fast of Esther. And this is the time when all the villagers came to the main cities to daven and say slichot, Lefi shebo ni kalu la moral nafsham vayut shichim rachamim. 
because this was the day before the war or the day of the war. And we have, we see already in Tanakh that when they went out to war, that they used to fast in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu when they fasted, when they fought Amalek, in the times of Shaul HaMelech. So they, we, we see that when you go out to war, there is a source, a Messiah that you fast. So Rabbeinu Tam understands that this is a Makar for the 13th when we actually went out to war. There was also the time when we fasted. Mikan Yirela Rabbeinu Tam said the Tanit is there. This is a support for our Minag of Tanit is there. This is really the only source for it. It seems that it might be some type of rabbinic institution, but not necessarily on the level of the other, um, on the other um, fast days. How do we pass it? So we've seen three shittas, the shitta of Rashi, Minat Ba'alma. See the Rai that we've <laughs> takes it that is part of the original Zaira. And the Rabbeinu Tam seems to imply that it's a Dinder Rabbanan. Um, how does the Shulchan Aruch Paskin? <coughs> he says explicitly, we fast on your Gimor Adar, being called Purim Bechab Shabbos, and if Purim falls out on Sunday, we bring the fast forward to Thursday. However, there are man adds, the Tanit Zainochova, this Tanit is not an obligation. When he's needed, for a woman who is pregnant or nursing or person who is not in danger. And he says, even someone who's not feeling got sore eyes, etc. They shouldn't fast, but they should make a catch-up fast later on sometime during the year. The Minag says, Achronim is that if we don't fast on Purim, on Tanithasir, we don't do catch-ups uh, today. Just as an aside point, it sounds like according to the Ramah, he's understanding that Tanithasir is more lenient than the rest of the fast. It could be that the Shulchan Aruch is the opposite. You see, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins that generally, besides for Yom Kippur and Tisha B'Av, the other fast days, in principle, are like um, not binding, and you actually have to accept it upon yourself. So the Shukhar says that the, the meaning was before the public fast, they used to like Mishabarech on Shabbos, and they used to accept it upon themselves. <coughs> Except for Yom Kippur, which is a chiyuv, you don't need to accept it upon yourself, Tisha B'Av, and the third fast that he mentions is Tanit step. So it's interesting. The coins of the Shulchan it's not clear that he will agree over here with Ramah that Tanitisa is actually more lenient, even though everyone understands that it's Barur, that it's more lenient. It's not clear. According to Ramah, it definitely is clear. According to the Shulchan Aruch, there's definitely an argument to say that he holds it's actually more stringent. Just a passing thought. You're using the term there, Loyitalo, Viparo. Paro is a payment. Can you pay money? No. No, 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 there's no, no way whatsoever. No. no. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on on page 249 to the Zechel Machatzita Shekel. Now, Zechel Shekel, where does Machatzita Shekel come from? This is a Torah obligation. The Rambam says this obligation is only in the times of the Beit HaMikdash. In the times when there's no Beit HaMikdash, there is no obligation of Machatzita Shekel. This Machatzita Shekel was used 
to buy the public carbonate, the communal carbonate in the Beit HaMikdash. <coughs> when there's no Beit HaMikdash, there's no chiyuv to do such a, to bring a machatzit shekel. The Rambam further paskins that who is obligated to bring the machatzit shekel, the half shekel, only males. However, he says, women and children are exempt. Who's, what's the definition of a child? So Ravavadya Bartanura says child over here means anyone under 20. Because the Machatita Shekel in the time of the desert originally was used for accounting for military purposes. And we know that only people from 20 years old. So Ravavadya Bartanura understands that the Chiyu is actually from all Jewish males from age 20 up. Tosot Yantav, the Ramban, others, Say, Mapitzom, this, uh, it's from Bar Mitzvah. I like every other mitzvah in the Torah, it starts, the Chiyuv kicks in from the age of Bar Mitzvah. Why is this all important? Because now we are going to do something which is What we do today is a remembrance of the Machatzit Shekel. As we said, the mitzvah of the Torah doesn't exist anymore. So if we are doing it, when and how should we do this mitzvah? And who should do this Zeicher to the Machatzit In the times of the Beit HaMikdash, it was instituted that they started collecting already in Adar so that they would have the money to buy the Korbanot for Nisan with the new money collected. So since the money was collected, the, the, the tractate Masechet Shkalin dedicates an entire track deck to the topic of how they used to and when they used to collect this machatzita shekel. So since it was done in Adar, so when we do zechel machatzita shekel, we do it in Adar. Furthermore, the Gemara in Megillah, um, perhaps on a Ashkafic <laughs> level, connects the probability, connects that Haman wanted to destroy the Jewish people and he was prepared <laughs> to give Achashmei Rosh 10,000 coins. And the, and the Gemara says that Bishut, the Jewish people's giving the Machatzita Shekel, we were able to nullify the decree of Haman. So that's another reason why this is tied into Adar. And the Gemara actually said that's why Akash Baruch Hu knew in the future that we would have to undo this decree. So that's why he said to collect it already in, in Adar, etc. Let's uh, move on to Halakha Lamaisa. So says the Ramach. One should give a half coin. As we said, this was generally given in the month of Adar. In the parish of Shkalim, it uses the word Truma three times. One should give three half coins. So we give it basically Erev Purim before Davening Mincha, I before Mincha on Tanitiste. And who is obligated to give? Only men that are 20 years and above. So the Ramah is telling me a few things. Number one, he brings the Minhag which, by the way, this minag is not mentioned in the Gemara. It's again a, min, a minag mentioned by the Go'onim. Um, <clears throat> mentioned by the Mordechai. Mordechai brings uh, such a minag of the Go'onim. 
Um, furthermore, he says that the minag brought down by the Mordechai is to give three half coins. And the Vilna said, where did this three come from? The Machatzit HaShekel was a half a coin, and therefore the, the, the Vilna says you only give half a coin. So the Ramah says three half coins, the Vilna says one half coin, and also the Prikhadash. How do we pass them? So says the, says the Mishnah Brura, and who gives it? That since we passed like, the Ramah is passing like for Bartanura, that who initially was obligated to give the Machatita Shekel, men from age 20. Says the Mishnah Brura. Yes. Is it a mitzvah or a mitzvah? Minah. The mitzvah in the Torah was for men of 20. That was a mitzvah Torah. Right? So we doing Zeichah to the mitzvah. So our Minag is based on the original mitzvah. Now, look at uh, the Mishnabura, source number five. The Poskim argue, So, according to the Tosot Yantef, every Jewish boy of age bar mitzvah also has to give machatzit shekel. Now, if you go to the shuls, it's not just boys. It's also girls, it's everyone's giving. What's going on, Rabbi? Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah Bura. Vomer, Rabbiya Katat, the Rabbi wrote, the Kozerak Midina, this is all according to the strict letter of the law, i.e., if we're trying to follow the strict letter of the law. It's also for the children. And a, a, a woman gives even for her fetus. And uh, <clears throat> now, the Mishnah Bura doesn't necessarily say girls, right? He doesn't necessarily say girls. The Kafachayim says explicitly that this, the Minag is also for women and girls. Rav Zaman Orbach used to give it for, on, on behalf of him and his family, i.e. and and his uh, daughters. And that is Minag Yisrael. Minag Yisrael is basically following the Kafachayim. That even though Meikar Adin, the original mitzvah was only for men, and maybe only men from age 20, the Zecher and the Minag incorporates everyone. So the question is, well, if we're doing it as a Zecher, how, how can we expand from the original Chil? What's going on about that? So the Kappa Chaim explains as follows. He says that the original Din was, was a mitzvah, and for whatever reasons, mitzvah, maybe for military purposes or whatever it is. But our minag is also connected to the story of Purim, and it's also connected to a kapara. And when it comes to kapara and getting salvation, everyone needs kapara, not just the men. The women also need kapara, so because of that, everyone, the minag is there, everyone does it. Yeah. Rabbi Jolti yeah. explained the original mitzvah as a machloket as to whether the mitzvah is to give money for the Korbanot Sibor. Right. And since they were mitzvah taseh, as man grama, so the only chiv is for men. Right. Or if the, and, and the Netina itself was only a hersha mitzvah, like tying the lulav or building a sukkah. Right. On the other hand, the other shita is that the mitzvah is Netina itself. So the difference, the practical difference, happens if a person didn't have a whole lot.
is the Korbanot Tzibor, and the Netina is merely a Hechsher Mitzvah, so that's fine. But if the Mitzvah itself is Netina, then you have to give a Machzit HaShakel. At one time, it's the Netina of the Machzit HaShakel, and therefore the Zecher, the Machzit HaShakel, if it's only because of the Mitzvah of Netina, Right. then it's only for Ben Esrim Shana Vamala. Right. If it's because of the Karbonos Tzibor, so all our new soil is involved in the yeah. Karbonos Tzibor. Okay, yes, I So the three, giving of the three coins is, is optional? I, uh, again, the Ramah says you give three half coins. The Vilna Gaon says you give uh, you give half a coin. The general accepted uh, um, minag that I've seen is that people try and give three half coins. Right? So if you give, you, uh, preferably you get three chetzi uh, shekel. Uh, that says chetzi on it, it's great. Lemaise, there are three shittas. One is a shit of the Ramah, that basically you give three half chetzi shekels. The opinion of the Vilnagan, you give one chetzi shekel. And then there's the opinion brought down by the Chaim, which most of the Svardim actually accept, and that is you should get the value of the Machatzita Shekel in Biblical times. Now, the value of the Machatzita Shekel was approximately nine grams of silver, which is somewhere around 20, 25 shekels. Right? It's a different ball game altogether. Right? So those who want to be Machmen, now the Magen Abraham says you should not use Masek Safi money for yeah. Even though it's a minag, it's not a, but since it's like a chiyuv that we've accepted on ourselves, you shouldn't use your masak safi money for machatita shekel. However, I think one can one can distinguish. Give the one and a half shekels, either the three machatita shekels, not from your masak safi. You want to be mahader like the kafachaim and give the value of of the machatita shekel. That's not that's not a real chiyuv, right? According to definitely according to Ashkenazim, there vada you can give. From your masik sapphic. Yeah? And okay. Tani Correct. Tani Okay, let's move on to the Megillah reading. Okay, so in terms of the Megillah reading, we find in the Mishnah that we have a khiv to read the Megillah during the day. In fact, it's one of the the, the source in the Mishnah in Masech Megillah is the source <laughs> for all mitzvot that apply during the day when you have to do it by, i.e. from sunrise to sunset, and but yeah, then if you do it from Alota Shachar, from daybreak, then it is permitted. It's not mentioned that we read it at night in the Mishnayot. Says the Gemara in Mesechet Megillah Dach Dalet, source number six, on page 251. Amar Rabbi Chelbo Amar Ula Bira, Chayab Adam Likrotzit HaMegillah Balayla, person is obligated to read the Megillah at night, and to repeat it during the day. As it says, Hashem So will not be silent. That is the repetition. Tomorrow continue, uh, uh, brings uh, the continuation of the Gemara. And also uh, repeats it. Uh, for some reason, we didn't bring that pasuk in the over here, which is a pity because it's important that second pasuk. But the next edition. Yeah. So it comes out from here that we have a double obligation: read it at night and read it in the day. Is the obligation to read it at night similar to the obligation to read it during the day? That is the question. But now, Robert also says we'll give thanks. Isn't that a third time? 
No, no, there's not a lot of third time. That's um, so now. Now the question is: the reading at night and the reading in the day are the, are they the same level of obligation? And we'll see that this has a number of halakhic ramifications. For example, someone who is a chayal in the army is given the opportunity to get off in the night or get off in the day. Which one should he choose? Right? Which one is more important in terms of the brachot? Do we say, we'll see that there's going to be a machloket shechiyanu. Do you say in the night and the day? And we'll see also there might be nafkaminas in terms of women reading the Megillah. So let me start and, and, and preface by saying like this. There are three basic understandings that I've seen uh, amongst the Rishonim and Achronim in terms of these two obligations. The first is the Nod of Yehuda. I'm not saying in chronological order, Nod of Yehuda. Rav Landau, he says, Chief Rabbi of Prague says that really the Ikar was during the day. And that was instituted probably from the times of Anshek Neset Abdullah, and that's mentioned in the Mishnah. Later on, perhaps even in the times of the Amoraim, there became another obligation to read it during the night. So the Chiyuv, read it during the day, is more profound that it's on a higher level than during the night. The Turi Eben, Shagasariah, says a very similar thing. He says it even further. He says, the obligation to read it in the day is actually Midivrei Kabbalah. We know that there's a Midivrei Torah, right? There's a Chiyuv Midoraita. We know that there's certain Rabbinic Chiyuvim, what's called the Chiyuv Midrabanan. And then there's a big pulmus in the Shit of the Rambam. And maybe there's a third category called Midivrei Kabbalah. It's, it's, it's somewhere in between. It's, instituted by the prophets. The Torah even understands that the original chiyuv of, of, of reading the Megillah during the day is a chiyuv midivrei Kabbalah. <coughs> the obligation of reading it at night is a regular chiyuv midrabana. Okay? So it's a different level. Tosvot, Tosvot, um, okay, the, the last, the last opinion before we get to Tosvot, is the Marcheshet. Marcheshet is a commentator on the Rambam, at the beginning of the 20th uh, century. And he, um, <coughs> he says that there's a, the difference between the nature of the, the two elements of reading Kriyat uh, Megillah. Number one is Pirsu Menisa, right? You publicize the nice. Number two, is that it's got the status of Hallel. The Gemara says, if a person can't, uh, why don't we read Hallel on Purim? So the Gemara in Megillah says, one answer is that the Kriya itself is the fulfillment of Hallel. In fact, there's a Meiri that says that if you don't have a Megillah, a person should, should say Hallel. You don't necessarily Paskin like that. The, the uh, Mishnah Brewer is not convinced about it, but we see that it's got a second element. So there's an element of Pirsum and Nisan, there's an element of Halal. There's no Chiyuv to say Halal at night. Forget uh, Pesach is an exception to the rule, and you know, Pesach is a story unto itself. But in principle, Halal is always the Chiyuv during the day. So the Chiyuv in the night is only a din in Pirsum and Nisan, says the Marcheshet. But the Chiyuv in the day has got two elements. It's got the element of Pirsum and Nisan, and it's got the element of Halal. Okay, that's just as a brief introduction to this Gemara where we see that there's an obligation to read it twice, but there might be 
nuances and distinctions in terms of the level of obligation and the reason behind the obligation. So in answer to the question of the soldier has to the right of the day, I wonder what the overall principle would be, do it while you can't. You know, correct, correct. Day. So that might be that even though we say, even though we say that maybe the morning is more important, you always do try it. and do the mitzvah as soon as possible. Yeah, correct, correct, <laughs> correct. By the way, that's a machlok and achron. That's a machlok and achron. Do you go with the first choice or do you go with the more important? But let's not get into that. No. So now says the Shulchan Aruch, you have to read it in the day, and in the night, and you also have to read it during the day. The time in the night, is the entire night. I'm from Tzaita Kochavim until basically from the from when the sun, the ball of the sun rises, that's called sunrise, until Sof Hayom. Bim Karami Alota Shachar Yatsa. But yeah, but if you read it beforehand from daybreak, you have fulfilled your obligation. So the nighttime reading is from Tzaita Kochabim. However, however, first of all, the Raimut brings that the Minag in Narvon was actually to read it during, before, before Shkia. And there are Rishonim that say you can even do it from Plaga Mincha. And interestingly enough, in 1947, there was a curfew by the British in Palestine that they weren't allowed to gather after nightfall. So there was a shayla, how do you read Megillah during that time? So the Shulchan Aruch actually passes, but yeah, that if you can't read it at night, you can read it from Plaga Mincha. And that's how Rabbi Vadi Yosef passed it in a tshuva in 1947 for the Yishuv living in Palestine. Okay, but Lamaise, today we try and do it after after Tzaita um, Kochavim, and we're going to try and read it earlier, even though people are fasting, and they are, are um, very desperate to finish it as soon as possible. Now, one of the Nafkeminas between when we gave this introduction to the difference between the first, uh, the reading and the night, and the reading of the day, could be the Brachot. Says the Megillah, Megillah Chaf Aleph Amubet, Source number eight. <laughs> what do you, what bracha do you say before the Megillah? He was in front of Ravashi and he made the bracha of Manach. Mem nun chet. Rashi explains to us what that is. Mem nun chet. Mem is al mikra Megillah. The nun is shasani simla voteinu and the chet of So we say three brachot during the night time. What about during the day? So here is a machloket between the Rambam and the Baalei Atosot. The Rambam and the Rif say, you said Shechiyano at night, you do not repeat Shechiyano during the day, you've already fulfilled the mitzvah. And it seems that according to the Rambam and the Rif, forget all the nice pilpulling that I said, you know, there's a difference between the, the night time and the day time. It seems like they understand that it's exactly the same and just you say it once, you say it during the night and not during the day. The Rabbeinu Tam and the Ri argued. They said the Ikar Kriyat Hamagillah is during the day. Toswat explained that it was because that's the Ikar Pirsumanissa. There's greater Pirsumanissa, that's when we do all the mitzvot, Mishlach Manot, and we have the Purim Sawada. And therefore, you, even though you did the mitzvah in the night, since the Ikar reading is during the day, you repeat Shekhiyah. So that's going to be 
One understanding why you repeat Shekhyan. Now again, according to the Nora Bihuda, you would, you might repeat it because it's a different level. And the Turiyevin, one's Divrei Kabbalah, one was the Takana Midirabanan. According to the Marcheshet, here you have an extra added element of Halel, as opposed to when you read it at night, it was just a din in Pirsomenisa. How do we paskin? Shulchan Aruch, HaKoreet HaMegillah Mevarech Lepanea Gimu Brachot, Al Mikra Megillah, Shasam Yisim Veshechiyanu, Uveyom, but during the day, Eino Chozer Mevarech Shechiyanu, he does not repeat the Shechiyanu. Following Shulchan Aruch, expectedly following the Rambam in the Rith. However, the Ramah says, Shomrim So this is the meaning of Ashkenazim, is that we repeat Shechianu during the day as well. The Magen Abraham explains the Ikar Mitzvah Kriyat Bayom, the main reading is during the day, and the Mishnah says, Source number 12. This is based on the Magen Avram in, in the name of the Shlach, that you have to tell everyone, both the people, the, the reader and the people that are hearing it, when they say the Sheikh Yana, they should have in mind all the mitzvot. The Svarim, that do not say Sheikh Yana during the day, when they say Shechianu at night, they should also have in mind Mishloach Manot, etc., for the all the mitzvahs that they're going to do the next day. But doesn't that beg the question, Rav, of why don't we make a bracha of Mishloach Manot? It's a good question. Why don't we make a bracha of Mishloach Manot? So uh, there, there's a general uh, there's a general question. Why don't we make a, a bracha on many of the mitzvot Ben Adam The famous answer is given by the Rashba. The truth of the Rashi is basically because you're not sure that someone's going to accept it. So when it's dependent on someone else, and you, you want to give tzedakah, but sometimes they throw it back in your face, right? If they're not happy with the donation, so it's not sufficient. That's right? so a sense. It's not clear that you're going to be able to fulfill your obligation when it's been Adam l'chaviro. We generally don't make a bracha. That's one answer. The truth is, is that all the Rishonim give many different discussions when to say bracha, when not, and why in so many of the mitzvot ben adam l'chavero, we do not say a bracha. But when we have the uh, the poor mishulash, for example, yes. so when we read the Megillah, we also give matanot l'avionim, because the avionim hear the reading of the Megillah, and it says matanot l'avionim, they want what's coming to them. Right. So if we're reading the Megillah at night, first, why don't we give Matanot Lavionim at night? Because they hear the reading of the Megillah. It's a good shayla. The Gemara says explicitly that Matanot Lavionim is during the day. But the Gemara also says, as you as you point out correctly, that basically that when uh, the Gemara has got a discussion with other Rishon and Arashani, like are you, that what if a person fulfilled his obligation if he read the Megillah? On, um, if, if he did the mitzvot on Adar Rishon and then they added the next month, that what mitzvahs does he have to repeat? So one of them, there's a four-way machloket between the Tanaim, one of them says that basically that you have to only repeat Mikra Megillah and Matanot Levyonim. It's a package deal. Why, the Gemara says? Because the Matanot, the, the Anim, their eyes are on the Ene Anim are waiting when we read the Megrila that you have to do it. I have a chiddush on that Gemara, uh, very briefly. Why, why is it 
Why does the Gemara connect Matanot Levioni? Is it just because the Levionim are, are waiting for Mikra Megillah, or is there something deeper yeah. and, 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 and connection between Mikra Megillah and Matanot Levioni, as opposed to Mishrach Manot and Sudakurim? So I think perhaps the answer could be as follows Mikra Megillah. You could read the Mikra Megillah and say, this is a very nice story. It doesn't even mention Akash Baruch Hu. Where is Akash Baruch Hu? A person could read the Megillah and say, novel, right? There, there's no Yad Hashem. One could be mistakenly read the Megillah that way. How do we make sure that we read the Megillah and show that we understood it? Why does the Rambam, the, 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 when a person gives the Daka, what are you really saying? You're realizing that basically, although I worked very hard, the money is not coming because I worked hard. Really, the Akash Baruch Hu gave me the money, and therefore I've got it, and not all of it belongs to me. I'm just the shaliach to dispense the money. So when a person gives tzedakah, he really is saying that I see Yad Hashem, that even though it's all my work, it's all coming from Akash Baruch Hu. If a person reads the Megillah and then does Matanot Levionim, he's showing that he's, read, he's understood the Megillah. Because he's showing that just like I give tzedakah, I give matanot levianim, and I realize that this money is not my money, I'm just, I'm just a dispenser. So too, when I read the Megillah, I understood that even though Hashem's name is not mentioned, I can see Yad Hashem in it. So perhaps it's just a, a vote of why, why, the, why Dabka, that Tana connected matanot levianim and Mikra Megillah over and above all the other mitzvot. But back to, back to Allah. So, the brocha of Haravet Rebain. Do we say the Brocha of Aravet Rivenu? We, the Gemara in Masech Megillah Chapalef brings different versions of what the Brocha was. And second of all, it gives an argument of whether this was an obligation or not. And the Gemara's answer is that basically it's dependent on Minagamakom. It's dependent on Minagamakom, and therefore um, <coughs> we say all of it, but it's dependent on Minagamakom whether you should say it. How do we pass them? Says the Shulchan Aruch. The minag is to make the bracha. I, the, the universal minag has been adopted to actually say the birka of Rabbi uh, Trivena, even though in the times of the Amoraim, there were certain communities that didn't. Some had the minag too, some had didn't have. And if you didn't make the bracha before, you still fulfilled your obligation of the Megillah. Says you should only make the brocha of Haravet Rivenu if you have a sibul, if you have a community. What is the word over here, community referring? So let me give a quick uh, preface of this brocha. There are two understandings of why this brocha was instituted. According to the Ran, the understanding of the brocha is that it's not really connected to Kriyata Megillah. It's a brocha of Pirsum and Nisa. We decided to say that they, they instituted it to say at the end of Kriyata Megillah, but really it's independent from Kriyata Megillah. It's a, a brocha of, of Pirsum and Nisa. According to the Abu Draham, the Abu Draham understands that this brocha was basically instituted similar to Kriyata Torah. Every morning we say Birkata Torah, and then we learn the whole day. At the end of the, before we go to sleep, we don't say uh, a brocha, an after brocha. We never say an after brocha. When do we say an after brocha? For public reading of Kriyata Torah, you first have a brocha before, and you have a brocha after. Ay, Chachamim instituted an after brocha for public readings of Torah. 
And says Abudraham that Kriyat Megillah, the institution was basically following or paralleling the din of Kriyat Torah, which means that this is really connected to Kriyat Megillah. It's really almost paralleling a public Kriyat Torah, so to we have a Kriyat Megillah. Now the Ramah says you only say this brocha when, if it's done in public. If you read the Megillah by yourself, you don't say such a brocha. Who's the Ramah following? I which reason? Pirsum and Nisa of the Ran or the Abudraham, um, the Abudraham uh, that it's really a din in, in, in Kriyata Torah. So look at the Aruch HaShulchan. Aruch HaShulchan says as follows, Katab Rabbeinu Aramad, the Bracha Shel Echorea, Na Ele Betzibur. V'yesh Lomar Tam, he explains, the Kevin De Nasha Achai Le Megillah, El Yibirkato Da'am Yishun Pirsum and Nisa, he's quoting the reason of the Ran. This is not connected to the Kriyata Megillah, it's really a brocha of Pirsum and Nisa. So we made a special bracha only when there is Rishumanissa in a tzibur, but not as an individual. Now, I could argue with the Aruch HaShulchan, I could say no. If I hold like that it's really a bracha of Rishumanissa, maybe, maybe I don't need a group. Why? Chanukah candles. Do I have to have a minion to say to, 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 to say a bracha on, on, on Hadlakat Neirot? And that's for Rishumanissa, right? However, if it's a din in Kriyata Torah, vada, you can you have to have a you have to have a minion in order to in order to have Kriyata Torah. Without a minion, you can't do Kriyata Torah, right? So I'm just saying it's interesting that the Aruch HaShulchan chose the reason of the Ran. One could have argued the reason of the Abu Draham and actually make it fit in. Um, okay, that's just so there, an there, aside. There are those who say that that Kriya and Masa. Are two different things. So in Hanukkah candles, that's a mice. Okay, it's a good, uh, it's a good distinction. Correct. Says Aruch Hashulchan. Bani lo matzati etze beYerushalmi v'shem echad miRishonim lo iskiru etze. This din, the the Ramah is quoting. I think it's in the name of the the Mordechai. I can't remember who said it in the name of the Yerushalmi. He says I haven't found this in the Yerushalmi, and no one else says this din. That you say the bracha dependent on a tzibur. This seems to be the minag of the olam. And says Aruch HaShulchan, you should say it even without a minion, even without a tzibur, you should have them inside the brocha. Comes along the Bir Halakha. Mishnah Brura is not so, not so quick. He says, listen, this is a, a suffix. The Ramah says only in a tzibur. Um, the original, the Gemara says it's not a chiyuv. It was based on Minak, whether you do it or not. So says the mission professor, I don't know, maybe it's a suffix. And second of all, who says that we have a Minak when an individual needs to say the bracha? So because the mission says it's a suffix, <coughs> so he basically says, don't say the bracha if you're reading it in private. What about woman reading the Megillah? Very briefly, says the Gemara, in, now we have a principle, mitzvah shazman grama, Women are exempt. Any time bound mitzvah, a woman is exempt. So therefore, women should be exempt from the mitzvot of Purim and Mikra Megillah. However, they were also part of the miracle, the famous understanding between the Toswot and the Bahag. Does this mean they were also part of the salvation or they were critical in 
making the miracle happen, i.e. Queen Esther, etc. That's a famous argument, how to understand this line in the Gemara, but it seems that clearly they are obligated in the Megillah, because even though in general it's a time-bound mitzvah. However, now we come to a huge machloket in the Rishonim that has many ramifications. Says the tool, Hakol chayavim b'kriyata Megillah, b'nashim nami chayavot b'kriyata. Women are also obligated. Upirish Rashi, and Rashi explains, Shemotziot la'anashim yedei chavatan. Women have the same obligation as men. Therefore, a wife can fulfill the obligation for her husband. And perhaps other men, the reason why I'm not going to say other men is because we'll see that there might be other problems. But in terms of the obligation, there's definitely the same obligation. Even though they are obligated in Kriyat Megillah, they are not, they cannot fulfill the obligation for men. Why not? So here we have a big planter in the Rishonim and the Achronim trying to understand why on the one hand, according to the Bahag, women are obligated to in the mitzvah of Kriyat Megillah, but on the other hand, they cannot fulfill the obligation on behalf of men. So we're going to divide it into two groups. There's one group, the smug and the cobalt, say really, according to the Bahag, it's, they, they, they should be able to, be, to fulfill the obligation on behalf of, of men. But for external reasons, they cannot. Either because Kodishah, that's mentioned by the Kolbo, or because it's not considered Kavod uh, Tzibur. Um, Why? Because if a woman reads on behalf of a man, it kind of is showing up to the men that they don't know how to read. So because of that, it was unacceptable. But in terms of the Chiyuv, the smug and the and the um, the kolbo would understand that women have the same obligation, but there's a, a, a an external reason why they can't read on behalf of men. Tosvot explains differently. Sorry, not Tosvot. The Rosh explains differently. The Rosh understands that women that are acquainted behind the nature of their obligation is different. Women, on the one hand, are obligated to hear the Megillah being read whereas men are obligated to read the Megillah. They have two separate obligations. And therefore, a woman, if she's got a different chil, it's a different level of obligation, and that's why she cannot fulfill the obligation on behalf of even her husband, where there, let's say there's no problem of kol isha, etc., etc. There's an intrinsic problem because she doesn't have the same chil. That is the opinion of the Rosh understanding of the Baha'i. There could be other understandings based on what we said beforehand, the Nordi Huda, the Turi Evan, and the <coughs> and the Marcheshet. The Turi Evan says that the men's obligation is Midivre Kabbalah from the prophets, whereas the woman's obligation is because Aphena Yubotuanes. Aphena Yubotuanes says the Turi Evan is a rabbinic institution. And since their obligation is on a rabbinic level, and the men's obligation is on Midivre uh, Kabbalah, women cannot read on behalf of men. Svi Pesach Frank, in Yerushalayim, chief rabbi of uh, Yerushalayim, when was it, 40, 50 years ago, he says, based on that, it could be that during the night, the Bahag would say that a woman could read for men. Because the Tureyeven said that there's a difference between the daytime reading, which is Midivre Kabbalah, and the nighttime reading, which even for men is only a din the Rabbanan. So if a woman's obligation is only the Rabbanan, 
then during the night time, that might be the same level of obligation. The Ture Evan didn't say that. The Tzvi Pesach Frank brings it as a possibility. Why am I saying it's a possibility? Because he didn't paskin it, and that's very important. He didn't paskin it uh, Furthermore, the Marcheshet, the Marcheshet said that the reading during the day has got both the din of Halel and Pirsumanisa, whereas the reading during the night is only a din in Pirsumanisa. Are women obligated to say Halel anytime during the year? No, women are not obligated to say Halel, it's a mitzvah tassah as my grandma, women don't have to say Halel, so they're not chayel. So if the mitzvah of Kriyat Megillah is a kiyum, it's a fulfillment of the element of Halel, that element women don't have. So how can a woman fulfill the obligation on behalf of men? Again, now the Marcheshet says, but according to my understanding, it could be that in the night, a woman could say it on behalf of men, because there there's no element of Halel. Right, because there's no halal at night. Again, the Marcheshet didn't say Allah Why am I saying this uh, an important fact? Because um, we generally uh, paskin that women cannot read uh, uh, on behalf of men, and we'll see that that is the shita of the Ramah. Why? Because look at the Ramah. The Ramah says as follows: When saying the bracha, the Yeshomrim imaisha Quran, that's my source number twenty-one on page two hundred and fifty-five. You see, the Ramai's understanding is passing like the Rosh. That a woman, if, she's, if a man says it, he says, on reading. If a woman reads for herself, she says, it's a different together altogether. And therefore, clearly the Ramai, explicitly the, the Magana Ram says it, the Ramai understands this is a different level of and obviously a woman would not be able to uh, read it on behalf of men. Okay. Um, bottom line: uh, woman reading for woman. What would the din be over there? So I'll just say it outside very briefly. There are there are some that look. I'll be the basic halacha. Women can fulfill their obligation for women, according to pretty much everyone that we've seen. Even according to the Bahag, one would assume that it would be okay. There is a korban netanel. It says even according to Bahag, a woman couldn't uh, um, a, woman, a woman couldn't re, uh, read halal for another <coughs> woman only for herself. Um, but we generally that opinion of the korbanan in the tunnel is not accepted by the poskim. There might be another reason. What if women read? Should they say the bracha of Haravet Rivenu afterwards? We saw according to the Ramah, the Ramah's opinion is that you only say it if you have a tzibur. So who's a tzibur over here? Now, usually when we talk about a tzibur, we talk about a minion, a minion of men. The Ramah brings down, the, he brings it down as a question, that perhaps regarding Kriyata Megillah, women are included because the purpose is Pirsumanissa. So if the purpose is Pirsumanissa, so therefore, it might be okay. However, that might only be according to the reason of the Ran. Remember, we said that there were two reasons for the Brachah Birkat Aravet According to the Abu Ran, he understood that Kriyat Megillah, that the Brachah of Aravet afterwards is connected to what? The Din in Kriyat Torah. So if it's a Din in Kriyat Torah, then maybe women shouldn't say the Brachah of Aravet Anyway, because of the Safek, Rav Shechter holds that Vada uh, is generally against at all women. Um, uh, reading, uh, women's reading for women, um, 
And he brings that this might even be a question in halacha, like why, why is it so pashut? In Lechatchila, we should say it in a tzibur. Um, that's a Gemara in, in Megillah Dafhei. I'm not going to get into it, but there's a Machloket Rab in Rabasi. So yeah, he says, it's not clear that according to Ramah, this is considered a tzibur. It's a safeg. So we should be machmed. Anyway, Lemaise, um, also your local Orthodox rabbi, regarding uh, women's, uh, uh, women's reading. I want to uh, very briefly move on to the... Um, the Purim Surah, okay, page uh, 216, says the Gemara, If you have a Surah at night, you haven't fulfilled your obligation, my time, it says, and then, or you have to have your Purim Surah during the day. This is passing by all the Rishonim. The Ra'aviyah says that there's still a Chiyuv to have a meal during the night. And the Ramah passes that a person should have something more festive during the night, even though you can't fulfill your obligation, but <coughs> it seems that he passed we should be concerned with the opinion of the Rabia and have something special after that. What, um, <clears throat> what is included in this meal? So uh, there's basically, we have to have a, a tzmachloket between the Magen of Ram, whether you actually have to have bread um, he seems to imply that you don't have to have bread. Most opinions say <coughs> we should have bread. There might be enough gemina if a person forgot Alanisim afterwards, if you, in Birkat Amazon, should you repeat it or not. Some say it's dependent on whether you hold like the Magen Abraham that you don't need to have bread, then you shouldn't repeat it. Lamai say we don't repeat Birkat um, Alanisim if you forgot it. Lamai say we don't do that, both according to the Aruch HaShulchan and according to the Mishnah Burak. Another part of the soda is drinking. So it comes out that we saw that drinking is a chiyuv. The soda is only your chiyuv is ready during the day. You can't fulfill it at night. Therefore, therefore, the chiyuv of drinking, which seems to be part of the chiyuv of the Purim soda, <coughs> should only be done during the day. Those who are to drink at night, and then they drink so much at night that they don't drink anything in the day, that's, you know... Absolutely, that's uh, that's crazy. Right? So we definitely shouldn't get uh, drunk at night. And the question of getting drunk during the day, so their famous shitot, the Gemara says, The Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch Paskin that wording. So it seems like you're going to get quite inebriated. The Ramah, sorry, not the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch Paskin's that wording, the based on the riff. And the Ramah over here, strangely enough, quotes the Rambam. That basically, what does that mean? That you should get drunk, you should drink enough to make you fall asleep, and when you fall asleep, you don't know the difference between Haman and Mordechai, and that's how you fulfill your obligation. There's a third opinion of Rabbeinu Ephraim. Rabbeinu Ephraim says, the Gemara says, you bring this obligation, and then it brings the story of Rabbi and Rabbi Zaya, where they got drunk and one killed the other, whatever that means, and then he brought him back to life. Rabbeinu Ephraim says, you see from that, why did the Gemara bring that story? To show that we don't pass in like the, the original statement. I, the original statement was undone, because you see what can happen. So that's a, a third opinion. The Orchot Chaim says that getting drunk is mamish, one of the most serious averas, of course, Shichotamim and Arias and things like that. Another point that the... And wine, not liquor. No, 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 no. Wine, not liquor is a machlok in 
It's not clear, it doesn't say anywhere in the Shulchan Aruch that you dafke have to drink wine. Most Rishonim use the term wine, and it's maybe because we are trying to re, um, kind of, uh, re-enact the story of the Megillah, where wine is very formed. That is a machloket between Achronim, between Rav Menashe Klein, who says Dafka wine should drink wine, Rav Moshe Sternbuch, who says you can drink uh, others. So <coughs> there are different opinions whether you should Dafka drink wine or you can drink uh, with any other alcohol beverage as well. Yeah. It's only for men. Not yes. This is only for men. Uh, many of Achronim have pointed out that the Gemara in numerous places talks about how inappropriate it is for a woman to get drunk, and therefore this chiyuv is not, uh, this chiyuv of drinking is is uh, is not on the woman, um, uh, definitely not to get drunk. Well, maybe they should have, a, you know, a glass of wine to be in the mishteh, but definitely not on the levels of getting drunk. That's mamish. Uh, many achronim point out that that's not, um, that is not how the Gemara understood what a woman should be doing. It's highly... Uh, in a program. Mishloch Manot. Let's uh, touch on Mishloch Manot. We have five minutes, so uh, I'll say things outside. There are two understandings between the Rishonim, uh, why you give, or between the Achronim, why you give um, Mishloch Manot. The Trumat Adeshin understood that the Chiv of Mishloch Manot is in order that the Chachamim instituted it. Why? So that people should have something for their Sa'uda. Okay? The Manot Levi, Rav Shlomo Alkabatz, the author of the Lachadodi in the 1600s in Tzvat, he understood that the Chiyuv of giving matano, of Mishloch Manot is in order for what? In order to cause friendship between Am Yisrael. Because Haman said, Hem Am Mefuzar Mefurad, right? We are, you know, each one's got their own. And the Manot Levi says, so we're coming to show that we all love each other and that's why we do it. So we bring Mishloch Manot. Now, what could be the nafkaminas between these two reasons? First of all, if you say it's in order to prepare for the su'udah, so, number one, you should have to bring food. You shouldn't bring anything else. According to the manot lady, arguably, whatever, you know, you could give him clothes, you could give him a voucher for something, anything that's going to cause a person to be excited. Lamai said, we mahmud, definitely one should bring food. Another nafkamina, what type of food? Should it be food that a person could use for the su'udah? Could you give raw food? Right, so the Vilnagaon in Masera was makpid to give food that is already cooked, right, so that a person could use it for his soda. Others are less machmir upon this, but again, it could hinge on the machlok between the Trumat Adeshin and Abu Dram. Thirdly, the question is, um, what type of Mishrach Manot do you have to give? There's a big discussion. Can a person, what type of, does it have to be a fancy, uh, um, it has to, what type of mishra? Does it have to be fancy? Does it not have to be fancy? Second of all, if it is fancy, according to who? According to the giver? You know, if, if you happen to be Bill Gates, so a fancy mishra, and he's giving to me, you know, for me, you know, for him, he's got, he's got to give me something serious, right? But, assuming he converts or whatever. But, uh, um, uh, but if I'm giving it to Bill Gates, and if it's going on the giver, so it's a different one, or, but maybe it's going on the receiver. What could that mean? It could hinge on the question of the Trumat Hadeshin and the Manot Levi. Someone to say that it also depends on that. Do you give it according to the level of the wealth of the receiver or the wealth of the giver? We should try and Lamai uh, say, if you give two foods, you fulfill the obligation. Women are also obligated in this. 
and therefore they should also do it. And that might be a third nafkamina. Another nafkamina is the Ramah says a woman shouldn't give to men and men shouldn't give to women. Why not? So one possibility is chashash for kiddushin, right? You give a you give a woman uh, a present, right? And she's not married, that might be a problem uh kiddushin, right? Matanot Levyon it's not, because it wasn't Derech Natina as a gift, it's Derech Tzedaka. Now, according to, but there might be another reason. What's the reason, according to the Manot Levy, to show friendship and love, etc.? It might be highly inappropriate for a man to give a woman, right? Even if she's married, where there's no Safek Kiddushin, right? It might be inappropriate to try and create friendship and love, etc., etc., between the different genders. So therefore, a man should give to a man, and a woman should give to a woman. Rav Shlomo Zahra says there's no problem for a family to give to a family. Right? That you give as a family to another family, but then he says you have to make sure that there's enough food for both from the wife mm-hmm. and from the husband. Otherwise, you get into trouble. So that's a dinner Mishloach Manot. Is there any cash up between Mishloach Manot and the Suda? Like the Mishloach Manot should be given to the Bala Suda that you're going to, to visit, and they use that Mishloach Manot as part of the meal. Could be, could be, based on the Trumat tradition, it could be that you want to make sure that he's got something to, to feed you on the on the no, soda. That's a serious yeah. stuff. If right. Like meat and uh, wine. If I give to charity, give me a shot of my Lord, am I fulfilling the message? Do I have to give it personally myself to somebody? So the Binyan Sion, the Binyan Sion of Yaakov Ettinger actually writes that the way you should give me a shot is through a Shaliach. Oh, so that he says you should give up. Why? Because it says Mishlach Manot. So he he the and 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 the, and the Mishnah Berurah quotes it that the way to give Mishlach Manot is actually maybe preferably using a shaliach. Different reasons have been given why, but maybe cause more people to be part of the mitzvah. But another time, if you give it to a charity to give Mishlach Manot, when did you give the money? No, but let's say they. But you gave it two weeks before. I bought it. Okay, two weeks before. <laughs> when did you give the person the 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 on the day of Purim, not even on the night, on the day, i.e. in the morning. So if you give it to charity three weeks before in order for them to hand it out on the day, according to the Aruch HaShulchan, you haven't fulfilled the obligation. The Prima Gaia brings the opposite. I'll give a post <laughs> No, but, but, I'll give them but the when you gave it, it, when you gave it, yeah, but, the it was yet. Be, but then when there wasn't a mice in a tina, you didn't do the action, right? The other poskim no, argue, the other yeah. poskim say, no, the ikar is that it is received on the day, right? <laughs> Preferably, one should try and be machmir for both. So, badai, the charities that you give, you should give, you can give beforehand, and they'll make sure that it's delivered on the day. However, you should also make sure to give matanot levionim on the day. <laughs> Different, yeah, right. And also, the same thing could apply for mishrachmanot. How much money do you have to give for matanot levionim? According to the Ritma, you have to give a Shave Pruta to two different poor people, right? Uh, the Shari Chuba says, no, uh, Shave Pruta, Shave Pruta is nothing, right? It's like a few, whatever, like less than a shekel. The Shari Chuba brings down that it should be worth of a meal. So what's the worth of a meal? 
So that's either 10 shekels, 20 shekels, 25 shekels. I've heard some people say that uh, how much it should cost for falafel today. So how much does it cost? Uh, it depends where you are. So basically, basically, in Pachot Yater, 20 shekels, Vada'i, I think you fulfilled your obligation, according to the Machmir opinion. Again, the Shukhan Aruch, the Mishabur basically passes like the Ritva, although we generally try to be Mahader and go according to the Sharit Shabbat. And uh, the last din of, of Matanote of your name is that you should give it to two separate people on the day. And the Rambam says we should try and focus more, a person should spend more money on his Matanote of your name than the other. Yeah, yeah. So he's spending a few hundred shekels on your Suda Purim. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can do it from Rosh right? Right. You, can, you can give to the Kopatsha Dakav Yeshuv and they give it to the Yanim and the Yeshuv. You can't give it to My question about is that is that what happens if all your money went to one Ani? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that Badai you should do that, but also you should try and make sure to give a poor person uh, a shekel. Give two people, two people, two poor people a shekel um, because. All these other things, maybe you gave it beforehand, so the Aruch HaShukun, you haven't fulfilled your plan. All of these spakers, but generally it's not a problem, because many people knock on doors on Purim, and therefore you, you generally have uh, uh, ample uh, opportunity to fulfill the obligation. Top, Yashakar. It depends where you live, Rob. Yeah, okay. You live in Yanti communities, it's not for sure.